Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 25. I am your host, Andrew Gross of Newsday. Please find me on Twitter at agrossnewsday, talking to you from a a hotel room, my hotel room in Vancouver, where the Islanders are about to open up, you want to say crucial, but really we've been saying this for weeks here, (laughs) a crucial four-game road trip against the Canucks and then going on to Calgary and Edmonton and Pittsburgh, just part of the uh, hurdle-filled final 15 games of the regular season uh, that will determine whether or not the Islanders make the playoffs for a second straight season under Barry Trotz, and that is very, 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 very much in question uh, as we speak as they open this road trip because the Islanders, they've been struggling for a long time now. I mean, you really go back to the 15-0-2 run, uh, historical in terms of the franchise, ended uh, right around Thanksgiving uh, that that week, and really the, the Islanders have been 500 or or worse uh, since then through stretches. So very much in question whether the Islanders get to continue their season past April 4th. On the show today, um, in addition to speaking about what is going on in the Islanders world, we'll have an interview uh, that I recorded last week with uh, defenseman Johnny Boychuk, uh, who of course... Uh, a horrific scene. Arturi Lekkinen's skate blade comes up, catches Johnny uh, in the face, and, and and it looked certainly like he had gotten a skate blade to his left eye. Turns out it was his left eyelid. Requires ninety stitches. But Johnny, you know, was back making jokes about it the next day on Twitter, talking about his facial recognition didn't work. But uh, Johnny, Johnny Boychuk joined the Islanders on this road trip, and he was on the ice Monday at Rogers Arena. He didn't participate in the team's practice at the Canucks' home, but he did come onto the ice as practice was breaking up to get some uh, time out there, get some shots on, uh, I believe he was shooting on Thomas Grice. But it's good to see Johnny back on the ice uh, at the very least. And it certainly looks like he will be able to return to this lineup uh, you know, much quicker than what that horrific scene would have suggested as he, you know, puts his glove to his face and frantically skates off the ice uh, during a uh, 6-2 loss to the Canadians on March 3rd. Just a a truly horrifying scene. And uh, like I said, uh, I had recorded that interview with Johnny, I believe, the day before that game. So, uh, you know, I I think the interview still holds up, uh, although I, I do mention to him and, you know, uh, hopefully Johnny does not blame me. I, I did mention to him about him being healthy this season, which has been one change for him. But that is coming up later in the show. So is uh, some Andrew's answers. You guys had a lot of questions, so uh, I spent some time answering those. Those That will be played later in the show. But let, let's start with just 
boy, you know, since since I recorded episode twenty four uh, with with Neil Best, and that was the Butch Goring retirement, it, it just seems like a what a different world, right? You know how quickly things can change, and yeah, you know, certainly the coronavirus was becoming more and more prevalent uh, in terms of media coverage and in terms of how it was impacting things. But it's really taken over our consciousness uh, from one episode to the next, although obviously that's not how in the real world people judge the passage of time. But for our sake, talking from one episode to the next, it it really is different. And And the latest is, uh, you know, the National Hockey League along with Major League Baseball and the NBA and Major League Soccer um, have closed their dressing rooms as a preventative uh, measure to to all non-essential personnel, basically. The, the, the players can be in there, the training staff. What it means uh, for me and for you, the listeners, is that the, the media is no longer going into the dressing rooms. Um, and now it is a question of, you know, whether there are going to be fans in the stands. Uh, certainly in San Jose, that is a huge question, as uh, Santa Clara has uh, basically, you know, banned uh, mass gatherings of thousand people or more. So, uh, you know, the, the Sharks are not going to be able to open their doors, or as of right now, uh, not be able to open their doors to, uh, you know, mass gatherings of fans. Uh, I, I believe they don't have a another home game for a week or so, so we'll see how that figures out. And we'll see what the ramifications are around the rest of the league. Um, you know, obviously this is very scary stuff. People are dying from this disease. Um, and, and it spreads very rapidly. So, uh, you know, there, there's hand sanitizers everywhere now, uh, you know, at the arenas I've noticed. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to take, uh, as, as much care as I can. I mean, my hands are absolutely raw from washing them so much. Not that I'm complaining. I'd, I'd rather have raw hands than, you know, be sick. But, uh, you know, it, it is scary. Uh, and the, the team gets to fly on charter flights, but uh, the rest of the media, and I'm not trying to make this about me uh, for, for at, at all. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, travel has been impacted, and uh, there, there's a question of what further impacts uh, there will be uh, across the nation in terms of uh, uh, travel and potential travel restrictions, anything like that. Um, on Saturday, it was being left up uh, team-by-team basis as to a dressing room policy, and, and uh, Lou Lamarillo spoke to the media, uh, I believe, during the second intermission to just announce that, you know, uh, until further notice, the Islanders' room would be closed. And as he said, just because they cannot control they they don't know all the different media coming in certainly they know you know me from newsday and and arthur staple from the athletic and they know you know the team's broadcasters they know the team's website crew but you know opposing teams media will come in there uh, and lou was just saying they they could not you know guarantee the players health with all these different players coming into the room the the islanders just could not track 
where all these media members were and who might or might not be healthy. So it was determined and, uh, you know, you can't really fault him for trying to be as proactive as possible in terms of, uh, you know, limiting the danger or potential, you know, exposure to their players. Um, you know, and, and that was on Saturday. And then on Monday, the, uh, the National Hockey League, you know, said it would fall in line with the other uh, sports that, uh, you know, the dressing rooms were now closed for all teams. Um, and again, like I said, we will see where this takes us in terms of fans being in the stands. I know in the NBA, when it was suggested to LeBron James that games could be played without fans, he said if he showed up at the building and there were no fans there, he just was not going to play. And I don't, you know, I think when push comes to shove, players will play in arenas without fans. Um, uh, and, and like I said, you, you can just see, you know, where it took us from one week to the next, you know, and uh, how this affects me, how this affects you as the listener or the, uh, you know, reader of my articles. I mean, we're, we're still being allowed to interview the players. It's outside the dressing rooms now. And, uh, you know, they, they stand in front of a banner or, you know, you can pull them aside one-on-one and the, and the PR staff has cautioned us not to get too close or, you know, to shove our microphones and the poor players, you know, right under their nose or, you know, get it as close as possible. They want some space between us and the, uh, and the person being interviewed. So, you know, uh, like I said, we will do our best to continue bringing you uh, player interviews. Or, uh, But, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, you have to adapt to the times. I mean, you know, I, I want to make it seem like sports is more important than real life because it certainly isn't and people's health absolutely comes first. But, uh, you know, from, you know, the the journalist in me is saying, you know, I, I, I certainly hope that, you know, we are allowed back into the dressing rooms, you know, when when things become a little bit more in control. And, and I don't want to see this being used as an excuse to keep the media out of the dressing rooms, you know, for good. Uh, when they realize, yeah, I, I'm sure the players, you know, would prefer that. I'm sure the teams would prefer that. But I, I do think there is... Uh, a value, you know, not only to the media, but to the team. Because let's face it, we're, you know, uh, journalists are a conduit between the team and, and fans and, you know, what the teams need their fans. Um, so there is a value here. And uh, there there is uh, certainly, you know, more value or there, there is a value in being in the dressing rooms and having being able to establish relationships with the players. And I know, you know, in baseball, the baseball writers are are grappling with this as well. And uh, certainly the NBA and uh, Major League Soccer, like like I mentioned, I just hope this is not used, you know, as some kind of longer range thing to keep the media out of the dressing rooms on a more permanent basis. This, This has to be just a reaction to a worldwide global, you know, coronavirus 
outbreak and, you know, uh, what is basically being called a pandemic. You know, uh, like I said, you know, uh, Monday at practice in Vancouver, uh, I was able to talk to the players I wanted to, talk to Matthew Barzell, was able to talk to Andrew Ladd, was able to talk to Josh Bailey, Barry Trotz came out and talked, so I'm not trying for any, uh, you know, not trying to suggest that players are hiding behind this, um, but... Um, so as far as, you know, the injury updates to the team, uh, you know, beyond health or, you know, beyond uh, any sort of illness and, and no Islander, you know, there hasn't been any illnesses amongst the, uh, the Islanders players uh, that, that has been reported. Um, so the, the, the two that we're tracking most closely here are uh, Johnny Boychuk, as I mentioned, and like I said, he was out on the ice Monday in Vancouver, not wearing any extra any extra facial shields or anything like that. So uh, you know, good sign, Johnny uh, is you know looks like he's going to be back to normal uh, sooner rather than later. And again, you know, when that injury happens, you you know. Uh, you you're kind of unfortunately thinking worst case scenario you know if that skate blade touches his eye you know you, uh, that 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 could have been you know a career ender right there but uh you know as one player said you know in a way Johnny is lucky and in a way Johnny is unlucky because he needs 90 stitches and he goes through this but in a way He's very lucky that, uh, you know, the injury is not going to be a huge derailment to his availability, it appears, for this season. Meanwhile, uh, so Johnny Boychuk is on the trip. Casey Sezikis is not on the trip or did not come to Vancouver with the rest of the team. But uh, so that, that that is the bad news after Barry Trotz uh, said or said he expected uh, Casey to possibly be able to travel with the team. Um, he said that on Saturday, um, the team traveled Sunday. Um, that's the bad news. The good news, though, is Casey Sezikis was on ice on Monday uh, back in New York. So Casey Sezikis has resumed skate- skating, albeit on his own, um, away from the team. But, um, you know, the, the Islanders desperately need him back. I, I don't think that's any secret, but you look at the numbers and it's absolutely stark. Since Casey Sezikis, uh had escaped that laid, you know, cut him right around the left knee, Ivan Provorov of, of the Flyers, um, since Sezikis has been out, the Islanders are 2-7-3. and three. And, you know, if you lump an overtime loss along with the loss, that's really the, the Islanders have only won two of their last 12 games. And, and those two wins have come against uh, the Detroit Red Wings and the San Jose Sharks. And uh, neither one of those teams are, are going to be competing for the Stanley Cup this season. And the, and the Red Wings are actually the worst team in the NHL. So certainly not two wins you can really hang your hat on. Um, two, seven, and three is, is about as bad as it gets. Um, now, if you want to go back since Adam Pellick, uh was injured, and he's been seen here and there. He was in a walking boot. Obviously, he uh, 
you know, uh, the Achilles tendon injury on January 2nd. He had been in a walking boot. The last time I saw him, which uh, was at the Coliseum on Saturday, um, he did not have the walking boot on. Um, so that's some progress, but still Adam Pellick is expected to miss all of the rest of the regular season. And since uh, Adam went down, uh, the Islanders are 10, 13, and 6. So really, you know, out of 29 games, the Islanders have only won 10. And again, that's, that's just not good enough uh, to, to make a real playoff push there. They, they have to be winning at a higher percentage. And, and you know, where, where has it gone wrong uh, for the Islanders? Uh, you know, obviously injuries there um, have, have played a part. The Islanders have dealt with more injuries this season uh, than they did last year. That, that, that should not be an excuse. Though no, no team uses injuries as an excuse, and all teams go through injuries. Um, so, you know, again, you, you know, the Pellick injury, I, I think, was impactful, uh, obviously, because he's a top-pair defenseman. He's their, probably, you know, their best defensive defenseman, and the, the, the Islanders just were not able to, have not been able to find a way to compensate for that, you know, even with acquiring Andy Green for the Devils, uh, the the Islanders just have not responded well enough uh, with uh, with Pelly being out, and uh, you know the same could be said uh, with Casey Sezikis. You know, you need guys to step up, and uh, the the Islanders are just still having all sorts of trouble being able to fit into roles now. Derek Broussard is. You know, in that Casey Sezikis role uh, in between Matty Martin and Cal Clutterbuck. But, you know, Barry, Barry's just had to go through all these different line permutations, and he, he's trying so hard to find combinations that work, and, and nothing's really stuck. I mean, he's stuck with the top line, uh, Matthew Barzell, between Anders Lee and uh, Jordan Eberle, and that, that line has been productive over a nine-game span, if you look at the numbers. I think uh, Ebbs has got five goals, four assists. Um, uh, Barzell's got, uh, was it a goal and 10 assists over the last nine games? And, uh, you know, Anders Lee, I think, has three and six through that span. So, so that line has been producing. They haven't gotten enough from Brock Nelson uh, or from Brock Nelson's line. They haven't gotten enough from Anthony Beauvillier. You can kind of go down the line um, of who they have not gotten enough from. I, I was talking to Andrew Ladd about it, and uh, you know he mentioned basically implying a you know a fire and intensity, a sense of urgency, and you know it, it's curious to me that that is not there at this moment. And Barry Trotz keeps saying you got to forget about the past; you can only worry about what's ahead of you, but. You know, he said that so much, and, you know, the, the team has not responded. And, uh, you know, time is growing shorter and shorter and shorter here uh, for this team to turn it around. Uh, you know, uh, the, this road trip certainly represents a chance for that. It may be, you know, the Islanders' last chance, because if they have another 0-4-0 road trip, uh, like they did from Feb 13th to the 19th against the uh, 
Predators, Vegas, Coyotes, Avalanche, 0-4-0. Just two goals total through those four games, shut out twice. The Islanders go through another road trip like that. It's game over. I think it really is. Um, because as you look at the standings right now, now the Islanders uh, going into Tuesday's game have 79 points, and that's the same 79 points as the Hurricanes do, and those two teams are, uh, you know, that, that that's good for the second wild card spot right now, but the Hurricanes technically hold that spot uh, because they have two more regulation wins than the Islanders, and then that is a... Uh, you know, that is the first tiebreaker, so that's not insignificant that the Hurricanes are ahead of the Islanders there. And, uh, you know, Columbus, uh, you talk about injuries, you know, no one's had more injuries than the Blue Jackets or the Penguins uh, this season. And yet the Penguins, even though they've been struggling, lost two here, um, you know, really just they've, they've, they've lost eight of their last ten. But the Penguins are still in third place in the metropolitan division despite all the injuries and 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 the stumbling right now and you know they're they're a good five points ahead of the islanders now the islanders get a crack at them to to end this road trip after going to calgary and edmonton so they you know that's a must win there for the islanders to uh in a head-to-head combat like that um beyond you know who the teams the islanders are chasing you know the Panthers win again. Uh, they're they're only one point behind the Islanders, and the Rangers uh, are are only three points behind the Islanders. So, uh, uh, you know, you can't really stress enough that wins are, are mandatory right now. The, the, this, this losing cannot continue uh, for the Islanders to. To, to to make the playoffs, and you know, as I wrote in the the, the Sunday Insider. Um, in Newsday, missing the playoffs here it would be an absolute utter disaster for the Islanders organization and on many different levels. And you know, you can go to newsday.com backslash sports to uh, read the Sunday column as I detailed it. But you know, to, to kind of summarize, first of all, you get off to the start that the Islanders did thanks to that 15 0 2. Uh, that that left them uh what was it 16 uh, 16 3 and 2 uh they were 16 3 and 2 on November 23rd now e- even if you just played 500 the rest of the season you get you, you get into the playoffs you know if they aren't able to do that i mean that's that's a disaster right there that 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 speaks to some real longer term issues within the team i mean you know what is it even in january uh you know right at the start they're still on pace for 114 points and i i don't think the islanders get to 100 points now so that's a a, a severe come down you know um but but you know you, you look at the islanders and, and and some of the reasons and you can detail the reasons why they're not playing well I, you know the defense has not been as good as last season. Um, the goaltending has not been as good as last season. The goal differential they go into uh, uh, into the Canucks game at a zero, meaning they have scored 188 goals. They've given up 188 goals. And Lou Lamorello always says it's not about how many goals you can score; it's about the goal differential. Well, you know. He, 
<laughs> a zero goal differential is not going to get it done. It, it just isn't. It, it speaks to the Islanders' need to, to, to get more consistent scoring and also probably to get a little bit younger with their lineup. The organization's hopes are riding on a, on an Oliver Wallstrom being ready next season, a Kiefer Bellows being ready next season, a Simon Holmstrom, you know, developing those kind of guys. But, uh, you know, if those guys can't get in, then this franchise is, you know, really stuck in the mud. Uh, they have a lot of long-term deals uh, locked up, you know, so the, the core of this group is not going anywhere. You, you, uh, Varlamov's got another three years. Anders Lee, you know, has got another six years after this. You got Jordan Everly another four years after this. J.G. Pajot starts a six-year extension uh, next season. Uh, missing some players. Here. Brock Nelson there. Um, you know, he, he's got, what, five more seasons to go. Um, so these are the players you're going to, Josh Bailey, these are the players you're going to be looking at, uh, not just next season, but the season after that. And, you, you know, you're expecting Matthew Barzell. I know there are rumblings about, you know, what's going to happen with him in terms of offer sheets, uh, restricted free agency. I mean, we... Every year we go into restricted free agency. Oh, this play, this could be the year. This could be the year. And yeah, we we've seen you know a couple of stupid offer sheets thrown around, but it, it never works that the RFAs go anywhere. So you have to expect that at some point you know a deal gets done between Barzell and the Islanders that keeps him here. You know what? Say maybe you know if they don't go long term and and buy up some years of his uh, restricted of his unrestricted free agency. Maybe Barzell comes back on a three-year deal, you know, at $7 million per, and that still allows him to get to, you know, unrestricted free agency and strike it rich. Or, you know, if they sign him longer term, again, Barzell probably looking to, to get paid $9, 10000000 million, somewhere in there. Um, but the point is, I, I, I do believe... You know, although the negotiations are probably going to be a difficult one with the with the Islanders, at some point uh, Barzell gets a, a new deal with the Islanders, so he he'll be here a couple of more seasons, three more seasons, something like that. I, I'm just saying that you're going to be looking at the same players, and you know if the if Lou Lamarillo isn't able to add some dynamic play to this group. Then, then it could really stagnate here long term, and that, that that's kind of scary. You know, I, I mentioned in the column that uh, you know Taylor Hall would really fit the bill of what the Islanders are looking for. I, I don't know whether or not Taylor Hall would be interested in coming to the Islanders. Um, you know, I think if the money was there, he would certainly be interested. Um, and I thought it was a good sign that the salary cap, uh, the projections are it's going to go up, you know, anywhere 84 to 88 million. And, you know, say it gets the upper range of that 88 million, then, then the Islanders will obviously have, a you know, a little more breathing room to get some deals done and, and possibly pursue a guy like Taylor Hall. But, uh, you know, again, the Islanders just have to start winning here. Uh, they can still make the playoffs. Uh, I've been saying all along that I thought this is a playoff team, and I'm not going to back off now. I say they they, they find a way here, um, and, and they do get in. It's not going to be easy. Um, they do have a few games on hand in Columbus. 
uh, I think that will help them if they you know start to collect a few points here and there. Um, the team's starting to feel a little bit better about themselves. I, I know Barry Trotz called them a little bit fragile, um, which is something you never want to hear from a coach. Um, but, you know, I, I think you saw some good signs there against the Hurricanes, even though that was still a 3-2 overtime loss on Saturday. But, um, you know, and again, you know, the, the hope is that the Islanders start getting a little bit healthier. And I think the first guy you're going to see back in the lineup would be Johnny Boychuk. And like I said, um, I chatted with Johnny, uh, unfortunately, a day before this horrific you know, incident where he gets caught with the skate blade in his face. And we, we talked about a wide range of topics, uh, uh, you know, about himself and about where he sees this franchise and this organization and, and also about his health. So, uh, like I said, here's, uh, here's Johnny Boychuk from uh, the day before he got hurt. And uh, I, I hope you enjoy this. We're here with uh, Johnny Boychuk, and uh, Johnny, just as we get into this playoff stretch, just give me your impressions on where the team is and where it really needs to go. Well, we're battling for a playoff spot, and, you know, uh, there's a lot of teams pushing, and you just got to look at the next game uh, coming up and worry about that because it's the most important two points of the season because we need all the points that we can get. And that's all you have to worry about right now. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a little bit about you know some of the inconsistencies maybe over the season. Is this you know has it felt a little bit different from last season? You know, first season under Barry. A uh, little bit, but there's been times throughout the season, both seasons, that uh, we've been clicking, and we just have to work together as a group of five. And when we do that, uh, well, we will win. It's not we usually will win, but we will win when everybody on the ice is on the same page, working for each other and battling for each other, and that's what we need to do to win hockey games. Give me your impressions uh, at the trade deadline or the week before. Lou goes out and gets J.G. Peugeot, and also Andy Green, yeah. a guy you've been playing against for years. What have they brought to the room? Andy's reliable. like He's solid. He's a veteran. Uh, he's been around for a while, and he's a really good player. And Paige is uh, an awesome two-way forward that you know any team would want to have. And luckily for us, that we got him, and we got him for a long time now because he's an extremely good player, and he's going to help this team for a long time. Let's talk about you a little bit. I know you love that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We've talked. How has this season been for you? I know how happy you were with just how your body felt at the start, and you've maintained that. Yeah, I've been healthy all year, and that that's key. Uh, There's a little. There's a couple games uh, this past month that weren't my best. There's maybe two of them, but just try to play consistent and try to help the team win. just play hard and physical and you know kill some penalties and when I get a chance to shoot the puck I'm going to and uh, you know just not getting it blocked is a a main key for me and uh, I've been doing a really good job doing that and I have to continue to do so to have success and you know even chipping in with some points getting shots through and you know guys just need to battle in front for that loose puck and maybe even get a couple tips here and there. When you came to the Islanders, that was a pretty hectic day. You and Leds both get yeah, great. It was a great day. What could you have imagined the way this has developed? You've really become, you know, uh, you know, a statesman on the team, a, a real, you know, anchor and pillar in the organization. Were, were you expecting any of that? Um, 
I mean, I wasn't really. I I was, but I wasn't. I wasn't even worried about it. I just want. I was more worried about just coming to the team and helping the team win and contributing uh, on and off the ice uh, in the dressing room. Uh, you know, just being being myself and working hard. And um, you know, from from when we got traded to now, this organization has taken like a, a 360 in the right direction. And I mean, everything that. Uh, from the, the ownership has done has been unbelievable and it, it, and needed and and it and it's helped our organization uh, tremendously from the changes that they did from either even getting the practice rink, getting Lou Barry. I mean, now that we're coming back to Nassau for all, all the games is a. Uh, uh, incredible as well because you know we all like to play at Nassau so yeah. and I'm sure everybody likes coming there <laughs> maybe not opposing teams but uh, you know it's since we've been since me and Nick have came here it's been a, a, a great change and it, it's been fun to be a part of yeah, just uh, when you were two questions about when you were with the Bruins one what do you remember about coming to the Coliseum, you know, either with the Avalanche or the Bruins? Well, well it was most, not much with the Avalanche. Yeah. I think there was maybe one, maybe one game. Yeah. But uh, when we came to the Coliseum, the Islanders weren't doing so well. And so we would have uh, a lot of fans from Boston come down because it was probably cheaper for them to take the train and get a ticket at Nassau than uh, at TD Garden. So I remember coming to Nassau, we always stayed at the Marriott. And then uh, we play the game, and we would have, you know, we would have a lot of fans from Boston at the building, and uh, you know, it was always fun to play. Yeah. And, and then also, you obviously won a Stanley Cup with yeah. Boston. I, I, I don't know if there are any comparables, but as you're building that Bruins team, do you see some similarities? Yes, hundred percent. In, in what, yes, 100%. In what yes. ways? Uh, well, we got the, we got our, our. The Casey, well, Casey's line, yeah. you know, they're hard physical uh, uh, presence. They can chip in offensively just like we did. Yeah. Uh, we got a great third line as well, just like we did. Yeah. And the first two, top two lines are, are similar as well. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of similarities. We got great goaltending and good, really good D. So uh, there's a lot of similarities between the, both of the teams and we're more defensive minded as well. Like we were in Boston when we won. So you can definitely see similarities in between the two teams that, that I played for. And, uh, you know, it's exciting, especially when we did make those uh, trades at the trade deadline to bolster our, our roster. And, you know, we just have to put the pedal to the metal and, and show everybody what we can do. What is more motivating to a player to get to lift the cup that first time or after you taste it to get to lift it uh, again? I think it's after, 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 well, for me, it's after you lost the Stanley Cup. Yeah. To, to get back to there and and hoist it again yeah. that was that's that's the one that really yeah. hits home for yeah. sure right yeah right um and just uh, on yourself you you everyone in this room talks about you know you know how much of a glue person you are in this room and obviously you're never shy about talking in the in yeah. the room on the ice yeah. is that I mean, little Johnny Boychuk, is that the personality? It's just, or? Oh, it's, I mean, you just try to, to make people feel more comfortable, and it's more to come together as a group, and if you're talking uh, 
about anything. It could be anything. It, it makes people feel more comfortable and brings everybody closer together. And you need that when you want to win, win hockey games and championships. Yeah. You gotta, everybody's got to be best friends on the team if you want to win because at the end of the day, I'm going to look over to my left and my right and i got to know that these guys are going to go to war with me, that they're going to have my back, or they're going to do the right things at the right time. And, I, and you know, just talking with them makes, builds that uh, friendship. What do you imagine it would be like this franchise wins a cup, a parade through Long Island, or just you know you know the community? What, what can you imagine that? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I'm, try, I'm imagining it right now, and you know we want to make that a real reality, and um, it would be astounding. I mean, just the the fans deserve it, and we owe it to them to to prove that we can do it. Good luck with that. And Johnny, I always appreciate the time. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks again to uh, Johnny Boychuk for spending that time. And again, that interview was recorded before that horrific uh, skate blade to his eyelid. So, uh, you know, one, one, I was thinking one of the things that I will miss, uh, amongst the many things I'll miss about being in the Islanders' room uh, for now um, as they restrict, as all leagues restrict media access because of the uh, coronavirus uh, outbreak and uh, trying to prevent its further spread. But one of the things I'll miss is just standing by Johnny Boychuk's locker and just joking around with the guy because, you know, you, you hear the stories about how he keeps his teammates loose and, you know, what a good personality he is. He, he really is a funny guy and really does try and keep things as loose as possible and uh, just a fun guy to chat with. So, uh, you know, again, all, all the best to Johnny and uh, speedy recovery. And speaking of speedy, we are going to move along quickly now to some Andrew's Answers. It's time for your questions with Andrew's Answers. Uh, we'll start off with a, well, kind of a tandem here. Um, old School Mountie asks, there are plenty of forwards underperforming. Isn't it time for the Islanders to call up both Kiefer Bellows and Oliver Wallstrom to give Barry Trotz the option to sit the Deadwood? And uh, Josh McDowell, McDowell chimes in, why isn't Kiefer Bellows playing over MDC, that being Michael Dalcal or Derek Brassard? And, um, well, here's, it's sort of a, a paradox here. And I, I think, you know, one of the main issues, Bellows, Wallstrom, and Wallstrom obviously hasn't been up in a while, uh, Kiefer being uh, the more recent call-up. Again, and you've heard me say this, it's about Barry Trotz developing a trust defensively um, in the younger forwards, and he's not there yet with either of these guys um, based on what he said, and yeah, Bellows and Wallstrom might give the Islanders a, a more of a scoring options and or potential. But if the goals against go up as a result, also, 
then what is the uh, the the aggregate or the net result there? And uh, you know, I, I, I'm not speaking for myself. I'm I'm trying to explain probably the Islanders' point of view um, in why those two guys, you know, would not be in the lineup in this real crunch of the playoff push right now. It's uh, if Barry doesn't feel he can get him out there with consistent shifts and, and probably the ice time would contract as the individual games go on, you know, because the Islanders never seem to play anything but these one one two two games going into the third period. I mean, you know, in best case scenarios when looking aside the games they've been blown out or or fallen behind into the third period, but they play a lot of close games. And, you know, the goals against probably weigh heavily uh, in Barry's mind as to who he's putting over the boards there. So, you know, Bellows and Wallstrom probably wouldn't be getting time in crunch time hypothetically if they were up anyway. So, uh, uh, I, I hope that answers it. Um, you know, basically, uh, you know, you mentioned Dalcal or Broussard or, you know, any of these forwards you want to bring up, Komarov, you know, Johnston, um, you know, any, any of these guys, the answer is that Barry just has more of a trust in them uh, defensively uh, at, at this stage. So that that will change over time. I, I expect both Bellows and Wallstrom to be you know, parts of this, parts of this going forward, um, you know, unless, unless somehow one or, the, one or the other gets moved over the summer to bring in, um, you know, additional scoring help, and that's always an option as well, but uh, one way or the other, I expect Bellows and Wallstrom to play a, a, a large role in what direction this franchise takes moving ahead, um, Richie Rich Rich Ziles says, "All I want is a health update on Sezikis. I think having him play is critical. Absolutely, having him play is critical. Uh, the Islanders have shown they have not been able to withstand uh, Casey's loss or Adam Pellick's loss um, sufficiently, um, and, and that's and that's bad on them because a lot of other teams." Um, certainly have had their injury issues. You look at the Columbus Blue Jackets, seemingly every guy on that roster uh, has been down at one point or another, and they're still in the thick of it, um, you know, gaining uh, to a certain extent, while the Islanders have, yeah, you know, losing Adam Pellick and losing Casey Sezikis and Cal Clutterbuck was down for a time. Um, Those are detriments to success, but you know what, they, there were some reinforcements brought in um, in Andy Green and J.G. Pajot. Uh, Noah Dobson's played better of late, um, filling in for Johnny Boychuk. And uh, the Islanders just can't rely on injuries as any sort of excuse, um, even though the fact is that without Pellick or Casey Sezikis in the lineup, there's not a as a complete team. But it, it shouldn't have led to this kind of freefall that we've seen. Um, as far as a health update on Sezikis, uh, Barry Trotz uh, saying uh, after Monday's practice in Vancouver that Casey Sezikis did not travel with the team to Vancouver, but he did skate on Monday back in New York, and that's a very good sign to get him back on the ice. Um, you heard Lou Lamarillo say uh, last week that it was probably going to be another two weeks for Casey. Um, I certainly think, I mean, although it's, 
you know, it's possible for Sezikis to fly out and meet the Islanders at any point in this road trip, uh, be it, you know, uh, Calgary, Edmonton, or Pittsburgh. I, I would think the, the more likely scenario is he, he skates on his own all week in New York, um, then rejoins his teammates when they when they get back and they start practicing again. And, uh, you know, I, I, I do think, you know, he misses at least these four games on the road trip and, you know, maybe another one there as well uh, while they incorporate him back into team practices. But the fact that he is finally back on the ice, that, that is a, a positive development for Casey Sezikis. Um Dr. Krentis, uh, why does it seem every coach this team has has used the selective accountability when it comes to benching? Barzi and others do not turn it over more than Bailey. Um, as far as selective accountability, and again, you know, um, my hands-on coverage of the Islanders was really the last month at Doug Waite, which was just a, a, a you know, a kerfuffle ending there, so uh, can't really judge anything on that. I didn't see the bulk of Dougie, Dougie Waite's uh, tenure uh, coaching the Islanders, at least not firsthand uh, enough to comment on. Um, you know, a, a lot of people have brought up issues with Josh Bailey, um, and yeah, you know, he has sat Barzy here and there, um, and, and Josh really has not been sat, and all I can tell you is that, you know, for for the turnovers that you have seen from Josh, Barry Trotz does see something there, um, you know, in terms of uh, what he would call hockey IQ and, uh, you know, making, you know, what he calls subtle low plays. But, yeah, you know, Josh has had a few glaring turnovers that have not led to any benchings, but of course, you know, Barry's really been clutching at straws with this lineup anyway, trying to squeeze any kind of production out of it. And, uh, you know, as far as sitting anyone, I think, you know, Barry looks at across the board. If he was doing it, you know, really, you know, who he would want to bench, I think he'd be wind up playing with six forwards some games. So uh, you can't sit everyone. Um, I know that's not probably the, the, the greatest answer that you want. Uh, why is he a little harder on Matthew Barzell? Probably because he sees a really high ceiling in Matthew Barzell, who's a 22-year-old player, and, and, and Barry is trying to squeeze it out of him uh, at this point. Um, Dave Mack says, when Casey's back, what do the lines look like? Well, when Casey's back, obviously he goes back with uh, Matty Martin and... Uh, and Cal Clutterbuck, I would assume, you know, Gigi Pajot continues to center a, a third line. Um, it, it was interesting. Barry, you know, was talking uh, after practice on Monday about, uh, you know, kind of versatility. And, yeah, every NHL team needs to be strong down the middle in terms of centers. But you also need that kind of versatility slash flexibility of having, you know, your forwards being able to play different positions. He mentioned that Pajot could move over to a wing. He, you know, Pajot's played wing before. He even suggested, brought up uh, Matthew Barzell as a wing. And, you know, I, I, 
You know, I, I'm not quite sure how that would work just because Matthew loves the puck on his stick so much. And, you know, how is he going to be a playmaker, uh, as good a playmaker uh, on a wing? Although, you know, not to bring up a sore subject, Artemi Panarin is certainly a very good playmaker on the wing. Uh, it, it certainly can work. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I, I don't think he goes to Barzell on a wing to uh, get Casey Sezikis back. But uh, if you look at Brock Nelson and Pajot, you know, Broussard probably goes to a wing. And, uh, you know, maybe, you know, Komarov and Dalkal are sitting out. Um, when Casey comes back, um, we, we got to see where the Islanders are with Andrew Ladd and what kind of chance he's going to be given it, it, you know off of based off Monday's practice looked like he was going to get a chance with Brock Nelson Josh Bailey um you know Anthony Beauvillier's got to get his game in order as well um but you know it, when, when Zizekas comes back I, I think the obvious move um you know was probably be to get Broussard either on you know, maybe play uh, Pajot with Beauvillier and Brassard, and uh, you know, either Dalcall or, or or Lad with uh, Nelson and you know Bailey is probably the way Barry would go there. Um, let's see. Um, uh, just scrolling down, Tom Spencer says, "How many tickets is Devontae's on the hook for in his hometown?" Uh, <laughs> you know what? Uh, when you get to the hometown, it's usually in the twenties. Uh, you know, somewhere along there. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll try and ask Devon that. Um, Scooty the Isles fan says, uh, "This has been in the news today. Do you think Barzell is unhappy playing in Trotz's rigid defensive system, and hypothetically?" Do the Islanders match an $11 million offer sheet? Um, yeah, I, I would certainly think the Islanders would match an offer sheet. Um, is Barzell unhappy playing in Trotz's rigid defensive system? Look, Matt has been very honest about, you know, the transition and the, you know, the adjustments he's had to make, um, you know, to, to kind of think defense, if not first at times, um, you know, at least, you know, on, on an equal measure with what he wants to do offensively. All players like Matt Barzell, meaning scorers or, you know, playmakers, they want to play in the offensive zone. It's not endemic to Matthew Barzell. Do I think Matthew Barzell is unhappy playing in Trotz's rigid defensive system? I... I, I don't think Matthew Barzell, and he's brought this up, and it's been brought up to him uh, as you know this perception that he's unhappy here, and you know he kind of looks at you cross-eyed, like are you are you kidding me? Um, he's never suggested that. Um, I, I I think you know again talking to Matt about it, you know his main concern, and this may sound like a cliche, but I, I think. You know, getting a taste in the playoffs last season really struck something with uh, Matt Barzell. He's, you know, singularly concerned about winning. Um, and, and, you know, if it's a defensive system that's going to get the team wins, I, I think Matthew Barzell, you know, the hockey player, understands it, even though, you know, Matthew Barzell, the way he, 
you know, enjoys playing is maybe not the perfect fit into that system. But, you know, I, I don't think Matthew Barzell is looking to run away screaming from playing from Barry Trotz, if, if that's what you're suggesting. And, and I, I certainly don't think the Islanders uh, would, would, you know, be shied away from matching any kind of offer sheet if one is made. Um, Gil Joe asks me, will you be having... Poutine while in Canada, and you know what, uh, Gil, I, I I do like the poutine. I, I'm desperately trying to lose weight, so I am probably going to stay away from that, uh, as hard as that may be. Uh, Domenico JJ says, "What do you make of the Sorokin rumors? First, it came out that he wanted to trade, then he was traded. He wasn't traded. Seemed the Hawks, Blackhawks were getting close to him." Uh, we're close to getting him where there's smoke. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm not sure how much fire there was with that smoke, um, how much is going on behind the scenes. I know he's, you know, winding down his KHL season, and it should be a pretty active off season on the Ilya Sorokin front. Obviously, the Islanders desperately want him to come over. Uh, a lot of money is going to be thrown at him uh, in terms of remaining in the KHL, and then it's just going to be up to Sorokin um, as to whether you know he wants to accept less money to you know stoke his competitive f- fires playing in North America and potentially in a much better league in the NHL. Um, I, here's what I will say: if Lou ever came to the conclusion that Sorokin was just not going to come to the Islanders, um, then I do think he would trade his rights. Um, but I do not think uh, we're, we're there yet. I don't think the negotiations or, you know, or the substantial discussions as to what Sorokin's future is, I, I don't think we've really gotten into the meat of it yet. I think they're going to let him finish his, uh, his season in Russia there. Let's see, Mark Beck uh, says, since I love the inside story of the pod, who wrote the theme jingle to it? Uh, Can't call it a song. It's barely five seconds long. Is it your old band? No, I'm I'm sorry to uh, disappoint you. No, it is not. Uh, Did you play drums? No. Uh, Who's the voiceover? I gotta know. And I I, I don't have names. I I know uh, I... Basically, you know, I came in one day and, uh, you know, Mark, who puts the, uh, the, the, the podcast together for me, said, hey, you got theme music. Um, and uh, the way I understand it is basically we contracted out to a professional voiceover, what do you call him, actor, voiceover, voice, guy, dude, whatever. Uh, that is the inside story there, uh, Mark Beck, and uh, thank you for uh, in, you know wanting to get to the bottom of that. Let's see, John said, said, what are the odds that Sorokin is playing in net for the Islanders next season? While Varley has been solid most of the time, I think Sorokin could be the goalie that takes him to the next level, and I think that is certainly uh, in the Islanders' master plan that Sorokin becomes kind of a, a number one goalie. Uh, here, um, if I'm placing odds at this point uh, for next season, I would have to place them squarely at 50-50 because I really do think it could go either way at this point. Um, 
Mike T says, hi, Andrew. Are you still of the belief that the Islanders make the playoffs? Things are looking dicey. What do you think they need to do the rest of the way uh, points-wise to make it in? And how do you think they perform record-wise uh, on this crucial road trip? Uh, let's take this. Uh, we'll, we'll start. Are you still of the belief that the Islanders make the playoffs? I... I kind of think it's, uh, you know, if you believe something, you stick with it, and, you know, you can either say you were right or wrong. Uh, at the end of it, I've been saying since before the season started, I thought the Islanders were a playoff team. Obviously, that assertion is being tested right now, um, but, yeah, I'm going to stick with it just because I'm a stubborn mule at times. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the Islanders still do make the playoffs. Um, what do you think they need to do the rest of the way points-wise to make it in? Uh, let's see, they got 15 games, so that's uh, 30 points, uh, uh, potential points there. That would get them, uh, I, I would say they need... 20 of those 30 points and and they'll make it in um that's what i got uh you can figure out you know what that is whether that you know they win 10 games in regulation um i, I i'm saying probably uh, they need 20 of 30 points to guarantee they make the playoffs um Okay, Andrea says, please go to Taco Fino and eat all of their nachos and tacos. She misses that place immensely, um, and I will refer you to my previous answer of desperately wanting and needing to lose weight. So, uh, probably will not be eating all of their nachos and tacos, although I think I could, but I will refrain from doing so. Matt O says, why is the staff so high on Michael Dalcall? There is no scoring there. And yeah, it's, it, there has not been a lot of scoring there. Um, I, I wouldn't say the staff is so high on Michael Dalcall. In, in fact, you know, based on Monday's practice, didn't necessarily look like he was going to be in the lineup against the Canucks on Tuesday. Oh, um, I, I think they like a lot of the things that he does bring. And, you know, I've talked about it, the grinding in the corner and, you know, kind of the, the smarts and, uh, they, they, they feel he's responsible away from the puck. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, I think Michael, and I've said this before, Michael and the team both hope and need more production out of him. Um, Matt says, could this slide be corrected by having Sezekis and Clutterbuck 100% or Pellick's injury also being felt this strongly? And yeah, um, you know, like I said, they were kind of treading water with Adam Pellick out um, uh, and it, it kind of went off the cliff once, uh, you know, Sezekis got hurt and Clutterbuck's been back, uh, hasn't quite necessarily been himself just yet, uh, still working himself there. And again, you know, we, we've discussed this without Sezekis. It, it sort of takes away from both Clutter and, and, and Matty Martin's game. Um, so could the slide be corrected by having Sezekis and Clutterbuck 100% or Pellick's injury also being felt this strongly? It's a very good question. I, they're definitely a better team. Uh, with those three guys healthy. Um, 
and uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think the slide would have been this deep um, if, if Casey hadn't gotten hurt there. Um, Richie L says, how do they expect to sell out a 17,500-seat arena, that being Belmont, uh, with guys like Dal Cal, Big Game Brass, Uncle Leo, Ross the Boss, uh, etc. on the roster? Um, what I would say is, you know, it's a couple of seasons till Belmont. So, um, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, obviously those are kind of, you know, third line grinder, fourth line grinder kind of guys. I mean, Brass is on a one-year contract. Um, you know, I, those are not the guys that the Islanders are going to be marketing, uh, moving into their new arena. Uh, I'll put it that way. Um, Chris Dennehy says, slump or delayed action regression to the mean uh, predicted by stat guys entering the season. Yeah, so what you're saying is, are the Islanders playing to what they actually are, or are they in a slump? And, you know, they, they had this 15-0-2 run at the beginning of the season when the other teams hadn't quite found their games yet, and now that the rest of the teams have found their game. The Islanders are, you know, not one of the NHL's top teams, uh, to say the least, at this point. Um, but still, I, I would say this is more of a slump uh, than a delayed action regression to the mean. Um, because I, I think, you know, when the, when the Islanders were playing well, um, with with the structured D and getting some good goaltending and uh, you know they were they were, they were scoring a little bit. Um, I, I, they get that stuff back in their game and they start winning again. So I, I don't think it's a delayed action regression. Um, I, I I think it's you know a team that has not responded great to injuries and has sort of let it affect their their psyche to a certain extent. So I'm going to call this a slump. Um, Don Vito says, how's Cl uh, Cal Clutterbuck's hand feeling and the Islanders need more beef on the ice? Uh, okay, the second part is just a, a straight-out comment. Um, uh, as far as how Cal's hand, how it's feeling, he was experiencing some numbness uh, before getting back into the lineup, but the the issue that that drove him from the game the other night up in Ottawa, uh, Barry Trotz uh, did not specify what it was, but did say it was a completely separate issue. So uh, you know, Clutter uh, practiced Monday, and I think he will uh, be available for the game. So uh, you know what, every player is hurt to a certain degree. Um, so anyway, you know, I, I think Cal muscled through. Uh, I can't tell you that he's feeling 100% right now because I doubt he is. Uh, Mikey Nadge 3 says, uh, can the Islanders pull through into the postseason with Pajot? And again, being a stubborn mule, I will say yes. Uh, David Alderson says, what's the major difference between this year's team and last year's? Um, there, there are a few things. And it, it, I'll start with this. I talked to Andrew Ladd. I asked him kind of that question um, or, you know, around that theme. And he started giving me an answer about team's energy and fire, you know. And basically it sounded like, 
you know, the intensity and the urgency of the team just is not there for whatever reason, um, you know, and you can say it's because Casey Sezekis is out and, you know, he sets such an identity, um, you know, you, you can point to the, again to the Pelic injury, you know, uh, the, the Islanders are dealing with more injuries this season than they did last season, and let's be honest, you know, um, they haven't gotten the goaltending from either Grice or Varlamov this season that they got from Leonard and Grice last season. It's just has not been at the same level, and I think that's a that is a very big factor there. Um, let's see. Uh, anybody but Lying Trump. 2020, and again, as I said last week, this is not me doing political commentary, just reading someone's Twitter handle, but anybody but lying Trump 2020 says, with the money I'll save on not buying Islanders playoff tickets, what should I spend the money on? Well, uh, I, I was intrigued. I, I just saw King Crimson is uh, touring this summer, and they're playing at Forest Hill Stadium. I believe it's on June 19th, uh, double bill with the Zappa Band. So if you want to go for a night of funky, eclectic, uh, kind of out of left field, outer space type music, uh, I mean, I, I might try and get to that show. Um, King Crimson and uh, the music of Frank Zappa, I, I could listen to that. Um, so what, what else could you do with your money? I, I, I mean... Playoff tickets are not cheap. I'll tell you what, if I had that money, I would uh, charter a boat and go out on the sound for a couple of days, drop anchor, maybe fish, and uh, you know, have an adult beverage or two, but not drive the boat because that's, that's bad. But uh, you know, there, there are two options for you. Um, let's see. Uh, Krugs13 says, has anyone on the team or staff suggested to Barzell that he's not at the fastest skater skill competition anymore? He needs to make a move to the net not take a scenic tour of the offensive zone, then turn it over. At what point does he get benched for taking those end-of-game penalties? Um, you know, uh, he, well, Barry had him sitting in the third period the other day, and it wasn't clear whether that was just because the Islanders were getting killed in that game and he was resting him. I mean, Barzell has really been the dominant offensive player. Uh, yeah, he's, you know still the, the the one that really gets me and I, I think I put this on Twitter is I, I can't take the blind backhand passes behind you because that that just seems to send the other team in transition the other way and then you're struggling to get back but um you know uh as far as him being in a skating fastest skater competition hey you know that that that's the way he plays he's an inventive guy or tries to be an inventive guy with the puck and he's trying to create openings he's trying to you know draw defenses to him and get his teammates open uh you know sometimes he does hold the puck on his stick too long and Barry mentioned this what was going well for him when he is going well is he's given the puck up and then getting it back, and that's creating opportunities for everyone on that line. Um, Mike just asks, why, God, why is this happening? Uh, you know, go back, listen to the previous 25 minutes. We're trying to give you an answer here. Um, 
Raymond uh, Cefeli says, what sniper do you think will be brought in this offseason so Barry and Barzy don't quit this mess? And you know what? I, I mean, I, I know Barzy, you know, personality-wise, you know, really likes Jordan Everly and really likes uh, um, Anders Lee. But I, I, I sort of agree that, you know, if he had more of a, a faster skating kind of sniper uh, player, um, he might, you know, it would work beneficially, mutually beneficial for the two of them. And, you know, I, I know it's a, it's a reach, um, and, and I, I know it would cost a lot of money, but, you know, it, it would interest me to see Matthew Barzell playing on a line long-term with Taylor Hall. I, I think those two guys could be pretty mag- magical together. Um, John said, chimes in, could Mike Hoffman be the solution? Don't like that he's 30. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Rantanen, Toffoli, and Hall are all 28 and under and free agents. Would any of these guys come to the island? And who would Lou be interested in taking a run at? Um, you know, I, I think Nugent Hopkins is a a, a legitimate suggestion. Uh, obviously, anyone would love to have Rantanen. Um, and to Foley for that matter, um, I, I, you know, Hall is obviously going to be the jewel of that. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to behoove Lou to bring in, uh, a, a player, you know, you don't want to say that caliber. I mean, Taylor Hall won a heart trophy. Those guys are hard to come by, but, you know, going back to last year's breakup day, more pop is needed in this lineup, but, um, Anyway, so uh, that, that is it for the questions. I thank everyone for submitting them, and I thank you all for listening to this week's episode 25 of Island Ice. Thank you to Johnny Boychuk, and again, a speedy recovery to him. I'm your host, Andrew Gross. Please follow me on Twitter at agrossnewsday. Please, uh, you know, follow Newsday as well on Twitter at Newsday Sports. Um, you can find all the Islanders and all of uh, Newsday's fine stable of reporters uh, at newsday.com backslash, backslash sports. There's also an Islanders tab uh, for all the Islanders stories, and you can find the uh, backlog of Island Ice episodes there. You can also find Island Ice wherever fine uh, podcasts can be found, uh, including Spotify, Google, Apple. Uh, SoundCloud, and uh, please rate, review, subscribe, let us know what you're thinking, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed this, and we'll tune back in next week for another episode, and until then, stay healthy, and happy hockey, everybody.